welcome to Whole Brain Teaching, the podcast. Join your host, Rhonda Arl and Laura Forehand. We want to help you as teachers reach your full potential by keeping you up to date with all the latest and best Whole Brain Teaching strategies. Whole Brain Teaching is a grassroots educational reform movement founded by Coach Chris Biffle, Jay Vanderfin, and Chris Rexstad. Whole Brain Teaching's goal is to create peaceful classrooms through orderly fun. To support the podcast, please like and share with other teachers. Thank you for listening and enjoy the podcast. And now, here are Laura and Rhonda. Hi, welcome to Whole Brain Teaching, the podcast. I am Laura Forehand, and we are so glad that you're joining us today. I am here once again, as always, with my Whole Brain Teaching partner in crime. Um, I couldn't ask for a better friend and confident, especially when it comes to all things Whole Brain Teaching. Rhonda, how are you doing today? Doing great. Thank you, Laura. And I couldn't agree with you more. And we are so excited that Coach... Chris Biffle is once again joining us on the podcast. Our last episode was Rochambeau, The Healing Power of Mutual Deep Compliments. If you hadn't had a chance to listen to that episode yet, you will want to do so. There's been a lot of feedback on our Facebook pages too. Um, Deep compliment practice is a game changer in your classroom, and you can see those testimonials on our Facebook pages. Mm -hmm. This week's podcast is entitled Scoreboard Magic, Activate WBT's Instant Student Motivator. This is a topic I know every teacher can relate to. So thank you so much for joining us on the podcast for another week, Coach. We're excited that you're with us once again. Too much fun. Laura, you have ample experience with the scoreboard. Rhonda, you do too. Laura, talk about what a day is like when you haven't made enough scoreboard points. Go. (laughs) I'm sure. I'm sure Rhonda can attest to this as well, but... Man, it's it's really interesting because a lot of times in the thick of it, I don't think about like what in the world happened today. And then when I'm reflecting at the end of the day and I look at my scoreboard, I'm like, okay, I did not keep that scoreboard game going. And man, their behaviors, you know, they got away from me. They got away from them. And yeah, so the day definitely... Uh, does not go as smoothly if I am not using that scoreboard. Rhonda, it's time for you to testify. Go, sister. (laughs) Absolutely. I can remember reflecting on my days thinking, wow, what a horrible day. Things just didn't go well. And I would take a look at the scoreboard and see that I hadn't had as many tally marks up there as I should. So that really was insightful for me to see that the next day I needed to activate that scoreboard a lot more. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, the thrilling thing is today, ladies, we're not only going to talk about scoreboard fundamentals, as we covered it in our new book, but we're going to add some power upgrades. Laura, at this point of the year, I'm sure you're ready for some power upgrades to a game as incredibly important as scoreboard. Talk to me. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you always say it's a long year. And so we cannot keep doing what we were doing back in August and September. The kids get bored with it. I get bored with it. So I am ready to hear some of these power-ups today. Uh, 
Rhonda, let me share with you how this strange thing came about. So it's 95. That's probably about 20 years before you were born. But it's 95, my dear Rhonda. And I've tried everything as a college instructor to motivate my kids, to get them engaged. I have scolded. I have pleaded. I have promised them easy quizzes. I've promised them hard tests. I pointed them towards the grade at the end of the year. I even one year said, listen, the top 10 students I'll write a letter of recommendation for. I even offered cash rewards. Nothing worked. I talked about Plato and Aristotle, my passion, and I got the blank look on faces. Rhonda, have you ever experienced the feeling of being alone in a crowded classroom. And Absolutely, 100%. <laughs> you've been there, right? So how do we motivate? How do we engage? Here's the key, Laura. I don't think I've ever told you this before. It's about time. I'm starting to trust you after 15 or 20 years. But Laura, the key is to motivation in the classroom. Fish where the fish are. Now, in college, the fish are not in a grade that comes in eight weeks. The fish are not in a letter of recommendation. The fish are not even in distant cash. What do college students want? I sat down one day and said to myself, what do they want? Not what do I want? Mm -hmm. That's wrong, Laura. Mm -hmm. It's wrong to say, what do I want? What? do my college kids want? And the answer was crystal clear. They want less homework. That's where the fish are. The fish are jumping out of the less homework pond. And if I could find a way to fish there, I'd catch them. <laughs> Laura, talk about how you're going to get another tattoo. I know you've got them <laughs> all up and down. The new tattoo is fish where the fish are. Talk about the wisdom of that. Go ahead. Yeah, for sure. So instead of like looking at all these things that are kind of outside of our control, maybe, or like little gimmicks, little, you know, carrots that we dangle in front of students, let's, like you said, let's fish where the fish are. Let's find out what the students want more of or even less of and start yes. there. So, Rhonda, here's what happened. I know you believe it because you and I have known each other a while. I go into class. I have some wadded up paper balls, about 20 of them. And I said, when it looks like you care what I'm talking about, I'm going to throw a paper ball in the right corner. When it looks like you don't care what I'm talking about, I'm throwing a paper ball in the left corner. End of the period, I count up the paper balls. If there's more paper balls in the positive corner, that's one page less homework. More paper balls in the negative corner, that's one page more homework. Rhonda, I can see in my mind the three boys in the back of the room that always sat slouched down. I didn't even throw a single paper ball and they sat up. They sat up because I was fishing where the fish are. Those boys wanted less reading homework. Rhonda, is this jibing at all 
with your classroom experience. Yes, it is. Most definitely. All right. Now, Laura. So I saw that. And Laura, here's the deal. I said to myself, well, I know I'm going to give about 30 pages of homework a week. If I give two pages less on one day, I'll just give two pages more on another day. They will never get it. The game was fixed. And I just went through the semester and began to evolve it. But it started with paper balls in the corner, a fixed game, fishing where the fish are. Laura, talk about how insightful this history is for your it's because I threw the paper balls in the corner that you're out there in Missouri awarding scoreboard points. I know. Years later. Go, girl. Yeah, I love this story. I remember hearing it at, at a whole brain teaching conference that I thought that's just genius to start, you know, throwing balls in the positive side of the classroom versus the, the negative, if you will, side of the classroom. But that's where a scoreboard came from. And I just think it's incredibly genius. And it is something that is a staple in my classroom. All right, let's talk about the basic scoreboard, then we'll get to the power upgrade. Rhonda, basic scoreboard, make a big T diagram. On one side, right way hawks. On the other side, wrong way turtles. Now this makes sense of you using super improver, but you could put a plus on one side or a minus on the other, a thumbs up on one side, a thumbs down on the other. The T diagram, is the scoreboard game. Rhonda, talk about it. Sure. It's just basically a T-chart, and you have that positive right-way hawk on one side and the wrong way, that negative um, wrong-way turtle on the other side. Or you could do plus and minus, like you said. At the bottom, Laura, this is important. Laura, this is based upon tens of thousands of hours of teacher research over the last two and a half decades. At the bottom... You've got to put the target. Mm -hmm. What do you want to see? Yep. And a good target to start with, a good target to come back to all year long is rule one, follow directions quickly. Mm -hmm. And you say, boys and girls, when I see you following directions quickly, I'll put a hawk mark. And when I see some or all or one not following directions quickly, I put a turtle mark. Talk about the importance of the target, Laura. Yes, absolutely. It's kind of like, you know, the big thing now in teaching is like to have the objective there on the board that, you know, if you're going to teach reading, what's our objective for today? And that's the same thing with the scoreboard. You've got to have that target. The kids need to know what they're going to be getting those tally marks for. And that that takes care of any miscommunication or, you know, any misunderstanding that might happen. Now, Rhonda, when we first started the scoreboard long before Super Improver, we just had levels on the scoreboard. Level one was what I described, and level two was boys against girls, and level three was the class against the teacher, and we had 14 levels, and some of them involved a spinner. And the kids didn't win anything, Rhonda, except leveling up, and no one could believe it. They didn't get anything. They just got to the next level. Duh. Billions of dollars are spent on not getting anything except the next level in video games. Rhonda, do you go back to the umpteen scoreboard levels back long ago or weren't you born yet? 
I would. Yes, I remember those. I even had the spinners that I think um, Stacy made. And I mean, it was fun. They love they were curious what the new level was going to be. So they that piqued their interest a lot. Yeah. All right. So we've evolved and we always involve in two directions toward ever greater simplicity and ever more elaborate complexity at the same time. So, Laura, the way things stand now as described in the new book is you use Super Improver as the payoff. Super Improver is the slot machine. It's where the gold coins pour out of the game. So you say, I'm setting the timer for five minutes or 10 minutes or 15 minutes, whatever you want, Laura, bending on grade level. Mm. And I'm going to mark positive and negative points. And if there's more positive points than negative points when the timer sounds, we roll the dice. We're going to pick some kid who is the most improving, most improving, not best, most improving. That student gets a super improver star and a dice roll for another star. That's the basic link scoreboard to super improver. Mm -hmm. Laura, you've done it a million times. Mm -hmm. Talk about the magic. Yeah, absolutely. So using the super improver will tie that in with the scoreboard so that like you can, you can play scoreboard for five, 10, 15 minutes, however long you want to, um, and tell the students that you're keeping points based on that target that's at the bottom. And when the timer sounds, if there's more positive tally marks than negative tally marks, then you do a dice roll and, and look for that most improved student um, and give them a dice roll for possibly another super improver star. Which they have the option of giving away, which mm -hmm. we love. Mm -hmm. Now, Rhonda, not quite finished with the basics before we get to the upgrades. Another basic point is keep the score within three. I remember I presented to a bunch of San Bernardino teachers about 2005, teacher told me it wasn't working. I went into her classroom and she had 20 negative points and three positive points. You got to fish where the fish think they might win. If the score is not close, motivation goes down. Rhonda, did you, have you experienced what happens when the score is close? Oh, unmute. Thank you. My dog was going crazy there for a little bit. Um, yes, I remember keeping that rule in mind. I sometimes messed up and didn't get it. And I saw that motivation go down and then tried to ping pong it back to where it was within three to keep that motivation up. All right. You mentioned the famous ping pong. I mentioned it in the book. It is the fundamental starting off with the scoreboard strategy. Laura, mm -hmm. you are my student. I'm going to now ping pong. Okay. Class? Yes. Oh, that's a little slow. That's a turtle point. Give me a mighty wah. Wah. Not loud enough. Turtle point. Wah. Wah. Oh, much better. That's a hawk point. Give me a mighty oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Even better, louder. Mighty oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Listeners, hear your coach. Two negative points with a mighty wah 
and we want them to rub the corner of their eye because that's the physical motor part. Two negative points, two positive points, and on the mighty, oh yeah, they clap their hands, whole brain, takes you 30 seconds. The score remains the same, Laura, mm -hmm. but you've jerked them awake, mm -hmm. and they're engaged, and they're playing the game. Laura, talk about the magic of the ping pong, invented by dear Andrea Schindler, one of the co-founders of Whole Brain Teaching. Well, I am thankful for Andrea for, for inventing that ping pong because it, it really does motivate kids. Um, mm. I, I see my kids sitting up straighter, lining up quicker, um, you know, finding a partner faster just because we're ping ponging that scoreboard. Rhonda, every time an individual kid scores a hawk point, point them out. Mm -hmm. Whenever a kid scores a turtle point or a couple of kids score a turtle point, don't point them out because it'll make them more turtley. Yep. Rhonda, explain how we never indicate, uh, put the spotlight on kids who are not completely engaged. Right. You never want to focus in or call out that person that's making that or causing the class to get that turtle point. But you do want to point out the person that is giving the class that alpha hawk point. Now, Rhonda, let's talk about some upgrades. We've talked about them in conferences, never presented them in print or podcasts. Rhonda, the first upgrade is called all day scoreboard, which is what we need. Make a scoreboard with four lines horizontal so you've divided your day into four quarters. And even write the times in. The first quarter is over at 9.30. The second quarter is over before you go to lunch, which is 11. The third quarter starts at such a time, and the fourth quarter starts at such a time. Laura, explain the all-day scoreboard. Never described in print. Go. So the all-day scoreboard, and I've used this before, and, and I really liked it. So you divide, you take the, the scoreboard, but you divide it into like four quarters. And you go ahead and put, write the times down in there. I know I did like reading, math, I think science and social studies, and then like writing and grammar. And so, yeah, we would have our day broken apart into four different quarters. This solves the problem of teachers forgetting to use the scoreboard. It's there. You've marked the points, and you can tell, end of the day, have you been scoreboarding them? And Rhonda, the rule of thumb, again, established by 10,000 hours of research, 10 to 15 marks per instructional hour. It's not 10 to 15 turtle points. It's 10 to 15 turtle hawk and turtle points per instructional hour with Emphasis on the higher side. Every, if you're marking 15 marks, that means once every four minutes you're making a mark, which is not too often because more often than once every four minutes, you've been redirecting for Pete's sakes. Scoreboard redirects. Talk about the 10 to 15, Rhonda. Okay. So 
this is solving the problem where um, for getting to do the marks with the, the scheduling. So within, with that in mind, you need to do the 10 to 15 marks for every hour, which is about every four minutes, which that's one part that, to be honest with, I struggled with at first is getting all those marks in there. I think that scheduling does help that. Let me twist everyone's arm. Laura, if you don't use the scoreboard, how often are you redirecting? Once every four minutes or once a minute? Once every 90 seconds for Pete's sakes. Talk mm -hmm. about the redirection fallacy. Yes, no. yes. Um, I, I, would, I would say I was doing, I was redirecting more than once every four minutes for sure. Um, there is something about the power of the scoreboard that even like speaks to my beloved rascals and and helps them to kind of get in check if you will here's the thing when you redirect you're just redirecting one kid when you scoreboard point you're sending a jolt into everybody's seat mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. all right so you've got this four quarter scoreboard now remember Rhonda, it's a long year and remember when you go to Vegas, every time you pull the arm, you do not hit the jackpot. So I say in the first quarter is just practice. Let's see how we do. Let's keep the score close. There's no dice rolls. In the second quarter, we are going to say that there is that one is the lucky number. So in the second quarter, if you have more hawk than turtle points and we roll the dice and it comes up one, well, that's just dandy. Everybody gets a super improver star individual kit. In the third quarter, one and two are the lucky numbers. And the fourth quarter, which is the black hole of instruction, we lose the last half of the day, let's be honest. In the last hour of the day, you just as well turn a fire hose on them because you can't get them calmed down. Last hour of the day, one, two, and three are the lucky numbers. So what you're doing is you're building to a climax. You're giving incremental rewards. And you're gamifying the whole stinking day. Talk about it, Rhonda. Well, right. So when you've divided your scoreboard into these four quarters, that first quarter is just a basic practice. We're doing no dice rolls. The second quarter, our lucky number is one. So if we roll, um, if we do a dice roll and get that one, then correct me if I'm wrong, the whole class gets a super whole class start. or individual student. Your call. Stay flexible. So teacher's choice there. Third quarter, the lucky numbers are one and two. And that dreaded fourth quarter when things are going down and it's hard to get the class motivated, we have the motivator of a lucky roll of one, two, or three to get that star. Right. So, Laura, one of the big checkboxes is we have to design programs that will last all year. Eventually, you can change and have the first quarter be a lucky one and the second quarter one and two and after lunch one, two and three and the last quarter is one, two and three. You've got to be able to keep leveling up. Mm -hmm. But this quarter system solves lots of problems. It keeps you on task. 
It keeps changing the game. It reminds you of what you need to do. And it keeps kids pointed towards the most important hour of the day is the day, hour that we lose, which is at the end when we should be reviewing. Mm-hmm. Talk about the thrill of the four-quarter scoreboard. Yeah, and for me, like there are certain subjects. I, well, I'm going to go back. So even for me, the the first part of the day, I'm always strongest with the scoreboard. And then, you know, just like our kids have a tendency to lose motivation as the day goes on, I may lose motivation as well. So this is going to keep me on track to make sure that I am keeping that scoreboard throughout the day instead of just I'm strong in the morning and then I can let it slide in the afternoon. If you're at a table, take put the scoreboard on a clipboard. If you're walking down the hall, we have many teachers who hang a miniature scoreboard mm-hmm a plastic sleeve holder around their neck, and they mark it as they go. What do kids want? They want to play all day long. That's where the fish are. Now, here's the second upgrade. The second upgrade is, and this takes a bit of cunning, Laura, but you're going to use what we call the big fake. You can either say, and you pick up your scoreboard marker, which is black, you can either say, wow, that was really good, but not quite good enough. Mighty wham. So you say positive and you go negative. Talk about the big positive negative fake. Go ahead. Yeah. So positive, negative, fake. So, you know, you pick up your black scoreboard marker and you know you say you know that was that those were amazing gestures but i know they could be a little bit bigger you know uh give me a mighty wah you know so faking them out a little bit making them think you're going to give them a positive but actually you're going to give them a turtle tally mark instead right that is the positive negative fake now Rhonda, let's do the negative positive fake You can say, look, my friends, let's be honest. I see so many people here who are tired. Some of you, I understand, you're looking out the window. You're not giving your best effort. But I just know you have it in your heart, and you want to make your dear team stronger. Give me a hawk, mighty oh yeah. So you start negative, and you go positive, or you start positive, and you go negative. Why, Rhonda? You make it more uncertain. More uncertainty, more dopamine. Talk about it, Rhonda. All right. So to activate that more dopamine for your classroom, you need to do the positive, negative, big fake, where you can say a positive and record a negative um, tally mark, or you can start out with negative and give them that positive tally mark. Here's the next upgrade. You've got the four-quarter scoreboard, and you're supposed to be giving one-point dice rolls or, you know. Wild Jack raises his hands and says, could you go over how to multiply fractions again? Some kid does something, and it happens all the time in a whole brain teaching classroom, that is shockingly wonderful. Stop the stinking game, forget about the scoreboard, 
take out the dice and roll it right then for that kid or his team or the whole class. So it's as if we said, you know what? When you're playing soccer, you got to stay within the lines, but somewhat, sometimes just go ahead and kick the ball down the street and have a lot of fun. So get out of the game. Don't let you control the game. It doesn't control you. Remember that. You control the game. It doesn't control you. And when you need to, just roll the dice and identify those wondrous moments of improvement. Laura, I know you've done this a mm -hmm. bunch of times, but talk about the importance of being able to control the game. Yeah, I think that's important for teachers because, you know, we've all heard, you know, one more thing on my plate, one more thing on my plate. So knowing that we are in control of the scoreboard game, I think is huge. And yes, stopping for those moments. I mean, when the kids see you just stop and, and you're in awe of a question that they asked or, you know, needing some clarification and you do a dice roll in that moment, that is, that's a huge game changer in your classroom. Rhonda, would you be terribly aggravated or surprised if I said to you, I just thought up another scoreboard tweak? Could I just go go outside the script and not let the script control me? Can I just give you a scoreboard tweak I just thought up, Rhonda? Would that be all right? Go for it, Coach. All right, ladies, listen. I'm I'm just flashing on a slot machine and on a slot machine, you've got the four golden bars that come down. And they don't come down except once in a lifetime. But the idea that they could come down, the idea that there could be the big payoff, the idea that you could put in a quarter and win a Mercedes Benz, that huge, huge payoff is so exhilarating. Laura, we need in the scoreboard, the quadruple golden bars reward. Laura, I see you're trembling. Calm down, Laura. Calm down. Get your sock suspenders on. Tell your sister how excited you are to hear about the golden dice roll. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sitting here like ready to take some notes. So lay it on us, coach. All right. Go find a big yellow foam dice. Uh, it, it's got to be yellow. It's the golden dice. And it's right there on top of the cabinet. And you tell the kids the golden dice means the whole class gets four dice rolls. That means if I roll the golden dice and one, two, or three comes up, four times everybody gets whole brain gets super improver stars and once a year twice a year three times a year i'd have that golden dice in a special place and i'd move it closer to another special place and when it eventually and it'd go back to the original place move it back and forth but a couple of times a year, it's golden dice rolls. And I'll tell you this, Laura, it's got to be towards the end of the day. But they got to know that there's an incredible reward out there. And what do you care? They're not taking the stars out of your paycheck. Mm -hmm. Laura, talk about the golden dice, our incredible living slot machine. Go ahead. Yeah, so the golden 
dice. So that yellow, get a big yellow dice and put it like somewhere I'm picturing in my classroom on top of my cabinet. And what this means is that, you know, if, if we get to that point where we're using that, that the whole class gets four dice rolls and earn some super improver stars yeah. because of it. So it's and a big can, deal. It is. You can talk about, you know, I just need to see us pretty much all morning and all afternoon doing things that make our deer team stronger and just keep coming back, make the deer team stronger. What are you doing to make the deer team stronger? Jack, who's making our deer team stronger? You know what? I just had a lot of kids making our deer team stronger and we could keep that going after lunch and I'm not sure we can because it's darn hard. Mm -hmm. I'm rolling the golden dice. Rhonda, talk about the golden dice and how you've decided to go back to teaching just to roll those dice. Sure. So with this golden dice, I think just the enticement and the curiosity, they're going to be asking about it wherever you have it displayed. And then when you keep moving it back and forth, that's just going to create that, you know, excitement as well. But this four, this golden dice, you they get the roll of four times, possibly earning many, many super improver stars if they roll that one, two, or three. That's exactly right. Well, my dear friends and listeners, get going on the scoreboard. At least hit 10 to 15 marks per instructional hour. Keep the score close. Don't point out the turtles. Do point out the hawks. And gamify the whole day when you need to and probably at this point of the year you do with the four quarter mm -hmm. scoreboard mm -hmm. what do you say laura absolutely i do have a question so i was thinking about that target at the bottom so if you have your scoreboard broken up into four um quarters could you do a separate, like each quarter have its own goal or would you prefer, is it better to keep? Absolutely. I would change the target for every quarter. And then when I saw someone improving on something that wasn't the target, obviously I'm going to give them a point. Yeah. But um, I think the prime targets, I would go with rule one, follow directions quickly. My second target, which is just as good, is the diamond rule, keep your eyes on the target. They've got to be looking in the right direction. Mm -hmm. The third one is really the toughest, which is raise your hand for permission to speak. Mm -hmm. And all through there at any point, I could be doing rule four, make smart choices, or even better, the best rule of all, which is make our dear team stronger. But you're right, Laura, that's a great question. Change the target. Mm -hmm. Okay. Sounds good. Well, Coach, we're so thankful for this great conversation, great discussion. Um, you know, the scoreboard's been around for a long time. And a lot of times, though, um, as a teacher myself, you know, and I'm sure, Rhonda, we've had many conversations. Sometimes we can get stale in how we're using that scoreboard. So this has been a great, great conversation today. Um, thank you for helping us understand the scoreboard and all of these upgrades that you talked about. It's definitely an issue that every teacher can relate to. We want to encourage all our listeners to share all of Coach's amazing podcasts. 
Um, be sure to listen to them, share them with your administration, share them with your uh, co-teachers as well. We want to remind you to order your own copy of Coach's latest book, Whole Brain Teaching for Challenging Kids. That's the second edition, which is on Amazon. If you haven't done so already, be sure to get on Amazon today and check that out. Check out our website, www.wholebrainteaching.com, our Whole Brain Teaching official store on Teachers Pay Teachers and Whole Brain Teaching Facebook pages, which Rhonda um, alluded to earlier because there's so much great information on there and lots of people are sharing how the strategies coach has been sharing with us all year long are working in their classrooms. Um, Just remember that we are here for you. Absolutely. And I think this comes at a time where I know teachers are getting down to that that last fourth nine weeks and things are kind of going crazy. So I think these upgrades mm-hmm. are going to be a, an additional benefit to them. So coach, we are so grateful for the enormous amount of time and help you give to teachers all over the world. For our listeners, please continue to like, subscribe and share this podcast with all your teacher friends and those administrators. You are why we do what we do. And Laura and I enjoy it so much. Mm-hmm. Until next time. Bye-bye.